just want to say thank you for the testimonies that were shared tonight, for your working in our midst, Lord, for caring about all these things all at the same time, for giving us strength to work together, for letting us see just a little of the fruits of our labors. And Lord, as sometimes we feel like uh, no matter what we do, it's never enough. We're thankful that together we can see great things accomplished through your grace and your goodness. We thank you that you're always working and that you're always caring. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Brother Franz, come lead us in that last song. Again, we're in the book of Proverbs. Uh, my count is their 21st lesson in the book of Proverbs. And uh, we are dealing tonight with the issue of pride. And uh, we did the first 10 chapters of Proverbs verse by verse, and now we're uh, taking some subjects and, and topics and going through uh, the book of Proverbs, and we'll cover just about every verse from Proverbs chapter 11 through 31 uh, that deals with the issue of uh, pride and uses that word. And so let's start in Proverbs chapter 11 and, and verse 2. The first thing that we're going to deal with, of course, pride if we'll take just a moment, is the greatest sin in the Bible. Uh, you do not... Uh, I have to be careful how I say this, but uh, you, God does not send people to hell just because they do something wrong. He sends people to hell because they reject what Jesus Christ did for them on the cross. You see, when Jesus died on the cross, how many sins did he pay for? All of them. What would keep you from asking Jesus to be your Savior and saving you from your sins? Pride. Pride is the sin that took Lucifer, son of the morning, the anointed cherub that covereth, as far as we understand from Scripture, his duty, his job, was to hover over the throne of God and reflect God's glory throughout heaven. Read Isaiah chapter 14. What brought the devil down? Made him into the devil. Pride. And yet pride is one of the most difficult things to deal with because the moment you think you have taken care of it, you just lost. Uh, I don't know, I don't really endorse all these carnival games, but I've seen this thing where it's got this little, like a puppet that pops up out of a hole and you're supposed to hit him with a hammer before he goes back down under. Uh, oftentimes, Christians get in the contest of trying to deal with pride like a carnival game. They get out their hammer and I'm going to stop it, boom, boom, and every time you hit, it comes up somewhere else. You don't deal with pride by attacking pride. You deal with pride by getting a proper understanding. The best way to put it is a proper vision of Christ. 
if you could only see Jesus as you should, pride would never, ever be an issue. The only problem is we don't see very well. And so these warnings are in the book of Proverbs. And if there is one thing that destroys young lives very quickly, it's pride. How many times have you ever heard, or when you were a teenager, did you say, I can handle that? That's pride, isn't it? Now, here's what it says, Proverbs 11, 2, When pride cometh, then cometh shame. The first thing that pride brings is shame. Isn't that interesting? What is pride supposed to bring? What does pride claim to bring? But exaltation. I mean, Pride says, I can handle this. I am better than you are at this. And yet the Bible says, pride brings shame. Do we have any football fans here today? Does anybody remember uh, the Penn State, bringing up a bad name, but Penn State was playing Miami for the national championship in 1986. Does anybody remember that game? Probably not. I was in Atlanta, Georgia at the time, and you talk about trash talk. If you could put the roster of the two teams together, the biggest guy on the Penn State team was equal to the smallest guy on the Miami team. I mean, they outweighed them almost two to one. And the Miami guys were saying, we're going to just blow them off the field. We're not going to, we're going to play these little boys. It says here that with pride cometh shame. How many of you know who won the game already? But you know what the coach did at Penn State? It says, but with the lowly is wisdom. He got every tape of their quarterback how many of you have ever heard of Testaverde? One of the biggest flops in the NFL? Well, the coach on Penn State recreated several games in the mind of Testaverde where he threw interceptions. He had only thrown like two interceptions the whole season. He threw four in that game. Because he kept running the same plays that forced the interceptions before he took time he did the research and Penn State walked all over Miami which was really cool because the guy we were staying with was a big Miami fan you see when you start talking about pride when you start talking about how good you are and how you put everybody else down, what you're doing is you're heaping shame upon your name. How about the dumbest dictator of all time? Does anybody know who I'm talking about? Saddam Hussein, who promised the mother of all battles and that rained fire and destruction down on 
everybody, does anybody remember those things that he said on the news and how he was going to destroy the Americans? And I'll tell you what, it didn't last 100 hours the first time around. And the next time they pulled him out of a little hole hiding in the ground. With pride, when pride cometh, then cometh shame. Get ready. If pride is in your life, get ready to be ashamed. It says here in Proverbs 29, 23, A man's pride shall bring him low, but honor shall uphold the humble in spirit. Now there's a contrast, is there not? It says honor is going to uphold the humble in spirit. You know where honor really comes from? Honor is not me saying good things about me. Honor is other people saying good things about me. Is it not? The humble in spirit is going to enjoy other people saying, you've helped me, you've done this, you've done that. Whereas the pride is tr- proud is trying to tell everybody what they've accomplished. And so pride is one of those things that has to be fought against because when it shows up, when you start feeling superior, when you start feeling like, man, I, I got this thing under control, then come a shame. You want to know why it's so hard to find a building in Greenpoint? The Lord's working. Make sure that we know it's nothing that we have done. It's all about Him. We need to humble ourselves. Next thing that comes, Proverbs 13. If you're still there in chapter 11, just flip the page, Proverbs 13. I don't know how I got clear over there. Proverbs chapter 13 and verse 10. Only... By pride cometh contention, but with the well-advised is wisdom. Have you ever just felt like the whole world was against you? And that everywhere you went, somebody was just trying to do something to irritate you and put you down. Have you ever had a day like that? Well, guess what? Write it down. You had a prideful day. Only The only problem was it was you. How many of you heard about the fellow that was eating Limburger cheese? Unfortunately, he had one of those things called a mustache, and he smeared a little bit of cheese on his mustache and didn't know about it. Has anybody here ever smelled Limburger cheese? It is one of the... I don't know how anybody eats this stuff. It is the foulest smelling thing I think I've ever... It smells worse than the sewer. And he goes out and he says, you know what? The kitchen stinks. He said, my whole house stinks. He walked out, opened the door, got a big breath of fresh air across the Limburger cheese and that mustache. He said, the whole world stinks. The problem wasn't everybody. It was... Him. And that's the way pride works, isn't it? You get feeling like everybody's against me. I can't, 
get, uh, can't get anybody to agree with me. Everybody wants to fight. Oh, wait a minute. Your pride meter ought to be going boop, 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 boop. Red lights flashing, flags waving. The problem is not the world, my friend. It may just be that that pride has snuck in because only by pride cometh contention. You cannot fight with someone and not have pride involved. I wonder how many wars have been fought over pride. I mean out-and-out wars where armies faced armies and thousands and thousands of lives were given up just because of pride. It says in Proverbs 28, 25, He that is of a proud heart stirreth up strife, but he that putteth his trust in the Lord shall be made fat. Now, what that's talking about is not necessarily just fat, extra weight hanging all over your body. It's talking about having what you need. Have you ever met somebody that was going to get what they wanted no matter what or who had to give it up so they could get what they wanted? Uh, pride. It says, but he that trusteth in the Lord... He's going to have everything that he needs and extra. Do you think that may be what Jesus was talking about in Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, when he said, But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. I want you to understand the Bible is its own best commentary. And you have to know the verses to put them together because it's not traditionally that you would think about the Sermon on the Mount while you're reading through the book of Proverbs here. But the idea is, he that is of a proud heart stirreth up strife. You're going to have to hurt other people and take things from other people and cause contention to get the things that you decide you have to have. But he that trusts in the Lord... God's going to give you everything that you need. But the blessings of God are always more. Kind of sounds like the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want, doesn't it? You see, pride cuts you off from God's supply. But if you'll just trust in the Lord, this next one, let's go to Proverbs chapter 15. Proverbs chapter 15, verse 25. It says, The Lord will destroy the house of the proud, but he will establish the border of the widow. You want to destroy your family, young man? Be proud. It says, God will destroy the house of the proud. Isn't it interesting how many proud people refuse to have children? Because children have a way of humbling you. I mean, they always do something. How can you say this? The absolute 
worst thing at the absolute worst time. I mean, I guess that would be the way to put it. Children can do all kinds of things. God gives you children. I, I like this one. Uh, I believe God gave us children to show what show us what he has to put up with from us. Amen. Uh, but it says the Lord will destroy the house of the proud. But he establishes the border of the widow. You know what? The widow cannot do anything for herself. She can't go out there in, in this day and time in the life of Solomon. There, there was no uh, women entrepreneurs out there making millions of money and dealing and pretending they're men and competing in the field and all of this thing. Just did not happen. Could not happen. But when the widow puts her trust in the Lord, guess what? God provides. Look over chapter 16, verse 18. This is a verse that's often quoted, but pride goeth before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. Now this is not bouncing two contrasting ideas. This is just two continuing ideas. If there is pride in your life, guess what? Destruction is coming. Write it down. Pride goeth before destruction and a haughty spirit. You get believing things about you that just aren't true. You're going to fall. There is no way you can contradict God's words. So what do we do if we detect these things in our life? Go boldly to the throne of grace. Let us confess our sins that we may have that forgiveness and to be cleansed from all unrighteousness. Listen, pride does not get anything done. I, I have gotten uncomfortable with this phrase that we often use. Uh, boy, aren't you proud of your son? Aren't you proud of your daughter? Uh, I, I just don't like that. That scares me because pride is such a damaging word. I like to say praise the Lord. I think my father-in-law was responsible for that one, wasn't he? Brother Marshall, when the girls were young and were singing, people come up and say, good job, good job. And, and uh, he said, don't say just thank you. Say praise the Lord because the Lord gave you the ability to do that thing. We've got to keep it focused in the right direction. I, I mean, I've even gotten into discussion. But, but aren't you just thrilled that, that this is happening? No, I want to praise the Lord that this is happening. Because God's the one that's responsible for it. I don't want to take credit for something that God's done. Because that's going to lead to pride. Pride brings shame, contention, destruction. Not only will it destroy you, it will destroy everyone around you. Now, one, that ought to scare, one verse that ought to scare you more than any other verse that we'll study tonight is Proverbs 16, verse 5. Everyone that is proud in heart is an abomination to the Lord. 
Though hand join in hand, he shall not be unpunished. Would you like God to be disgusted with you? I mean, there are certain things that just aggravate me to the soul. You almost feel like you have to spit after you talk about it just to get the bad taste out of your mouth. That's what the word abomination means. We have an awful lot of proud in heart things going on in our society today. We have finally redefined marriage. No, you haven't. You can write your own dictionary if you want to. But God has defined what marriage is. And far be it from you to tell God that he's wrong, but that's exactly what's going on in our society today. And instead of getting angry and leveling vitriol back at these people who are doing these things, you ought to be afraid for them. Because God says, the proud in heart are an abomination. The next part of that phrase says, though hand join hand, though hand join in hand, he shall not be unpunished. You know what this is saying? It said the proud in heart can put his hand in the hand of somebody who loves the Lord and join hands with them, but God's still going to punish the proud. How many of you remember a king named Jehoshaphat? King of Judah. Whose hand did Jehoshaphat shake and hold? Ahab's. But let me tell you something. Ahab was still punished because God will not let pride go unanswered. In fact, you read the book of Job. What, this, what, what is one of the last things God deals with is the Lord is speaking to Job out of the whirlwind and reprimanding. He said, if you can humble the proud, then you can talk to me as God. You know, only God can humble the proud. And you better get out of the way. Because it's coming. Pride is one of the most destructive forces. And when you let pride get in your heart, the Bible says that that is an abomination to the Lord. And no matter what you do and how you try to cover it or protect yourself, God's judgment is coming. They ought to give us a little warning. Don't hold hands with the proud in heart. Don't go out there trying to build bridges to them. Uh, build a moat. Uh, make some separation there. Because the judgment of God is coming. Now, what, the pri what does pride do? We're going to just cover a few verses and then we'll be done here. Let's go back to Proverbs chapter 14. Now, I know this is just really positive and encouraging and all of that, but 
You live in a world that is drenched in pride. These warnings are in here for a reason. And we'd better be careful. Proverbs chapter 14 and verse 3, it says, In the mouth of the foolish is a rod of pride, but the lips of wise shall preserve them. In the mouth of the foolish is a rod of pride. Now, can I ask you what you do with a rod in the Bible? You beat things with it. I mean, the shepherd's rod was for keeping the dangerous animals away. It was for killing snakes. It, it was for warding off the wolves. And, and uh, if necessary, uh, lions and bears and other things like that, when it talks about thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me in Psalm 23. It's talking about the chastening hand of the Lord as he will put us to pain so that we can be better servants for him. You ever hear anybody that's always talking about, man, I hope they get theirs. Hey, that's the rod of pride. Because when we talk about somebody else getting theirs, we don't ever want to think about us getting ours. If we look at our sin before God, guess what? All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. You really don't want God just passing out judgment left and right. That's the rod of pride. Because you think you're not going to get it. I mean, read through the gospel accounts how the Pharisees, when Jesus told the story in Luke chapter 20 about the vineyard, God, he said, the owner of the vineyard's miserably going to destroy those guys that killed the son of the vineyard. They were talking about themselves and they didn't even know it. You see, pride is going to hurt you if you get around it. It's going to hurt others. So watch out. Proverbs 16, 19 says, Better is it to be of an humble spirit with the lowly than to divide the spoil with the proud. It says, better is it to be a humble spirit with the lowly. You know, one of the things I love about the preacher's fellowship that, that I attend, the Global Independent Baptist Fellowship, is there's very, very little of preachers running around thinking, hey, we've got so many on Sunday morning. Do you, are you as big as I am? I mean, are your offerings as big as ours are? Uh, I'll tell you, there's some of that that goes on in some preacher's fellowships that I've been in, and it's really pathetic. But I, I like being with people who aren't proud. And this idea of dividing the spoil, the spoil was the results of war. When you attacked and took the uh, treasures from the enemy, that was called the spoil. It says, better is it to be of a humble spirit with the lowly than to divide the spoil with the proud because that reward always has sorrow attached to it. You don't have to be attacking others to do what's right. Amen?
Look at Proverbs 21. It says, In high look and a proud heart, and the plowing of the wicked is sin. Now this one is a little difficult. But in high look, talking about pride, a proud heart, then why does it get the plowing of the wicked is sin? I thought plowing was a good thing. That's where you planted your crops. That's where you did diligent work. Why is that sin? Well, listen, when you get pride involved, even the good things in your life become corrupted. You see, pride has a poisoning part to it. It's just like taking a beautiful spring of clear, fresh water and just pouring a little vial of poison in it. Guess what? Don't drink the water of the spring. It takes a long time for that poison to purge out of the spring and and be cleaned. The water has been damaged. And this is what I believe this verse is talking about, is when pride gets in your life, even the best and the most right things you do become sin in the eyes of God because it corrupts everything about you. That's why we have to fight so hard. And then Proverbs 21, uh, 24. And we've touched on this verse when we studied the scorner, and we won't spend a lot of time tonight. Verse 24 says, Proud and haughty scorner is his name who dealeth in proud wrath. It says, A proud and haughty scorner is his name who dealeth in proud wrath. You let pride get in your life and everybody's going to know about it. How many times you've, you looked at a person, someone you knew, boy, I sure hope it doesn't rain because they'll drown. Is anybody familiar with that little phrase? Because their nose is so high in the air, the rain will run in their nose and they'll drown. Uh, that's a little saying that was thrown around when I was a kid. But have you ever met anybody that pretended to be humble? Is there anything more sickening than that? I remember Brother Clayton one time met a preacher who was pretending to be humble. It was hilarious. Yes, it's good to meet you, Brother Clayton. I I really am. And he said his name just like that. And Brother Clayton called him by his first name and said, Hey, how you doing? And shook his hand like he would on the farm as a little kid. Sure took that guy back. You see, when you allow yourself pride... You turn everybody off anywhere around you. 
How many of you have been helped by a humble person? And how many of you have been hurt by a proud one? Every hand goes up. And yet, how many of us have to deal with pride in our life? Again, every hand has to go up. If we could understand how dangerous pride is, how deadly just a little bit of pride can be, That's why these verses are in the book of Proverbs. Pride makes me look at myself and think good things. Humility is looking at the Savior and thinking good things. Amen? Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we come before You and we just ask that You would teach us from Your Word. And Lord, the Holy Spirit would make us sensitive to this thing called pride. It's so easy to see in the lives of others and so hard to see in our own. Lord, again, the first thing you said that your people needed to do if you were going to bless them and heal their land was humble themselves. Lord, we pray that each one of us here would take this warning and realize that we do not have to be doing great and horrible things to earn the disgust of a holy God. Just a little sprinkling of pride can destroy so much. Lord, we ask that you would not have to bring shame upon us to humble us. But Lord, we would see that pride and run away from it and embrace the Savior. Give us a vision of Jesus that would keep us humble. In your name we pray. And before we finish that prayer, I'll just give you an opportunity if the Lord has spoken to your heart, if you just need to come out and know no one's going to think, oh, you're such a proud, arrogant person if you slip down to the altar to pray. Humility is what we need. And that's one of the reasons we pray at the altar. It's because it takes a little humility to slip out of your seat and walk down and spend some time with the Lord. Some have already come. If you need to come, if you want to spend some time in prayer, now is the time, and then we'll get into our prayer time.